Hello there and welcome to episode 6 of When in Spain, the podcast series that helps you make sense of Spain and Spanish life one episode at a time. I'm Paul Burge and in this sixth episode I'm going to be looking at buying milk and some linguistic curiosities of the Spanish language and later on in the podcast I'll be looking ahead at future episodes and talking a bit about what you can expect to hear in the next couple of months. Gracias. So I've just stepped out to buy some milk. So you're probably wondering why on earth is Paul sharing something as mundane and boring and everyday as buying milk? Well, I'm actually not going to be talking about buying milk. But it got me thinking of some of the quirkier aspects of the Spanish language. Um, Spanish is an incredibly rich language when it comes to colloquialisms, expressions, uh, very strange vocabulary uh, that is used in everyday life. And Spaniards seem to be obsessed with milk. And again, I'm not talking about the dairy product, uh, la leche. Um, I'm talking about Spanish phrases which include the word milk. In fact, Spaniards have a much lower consumption of milk per head uh, than they do back in the UK. But idiomatically, uh, they're absolutely obsessed with the stuff. According to the Spanish Royal Academy, uh, the organisation in charge of looking after and safeguarding the Spanish language, um, they have found more than 40 examples of Spanish phrases or idioms using la leche or the milk. And there are expressions using uh, milk to mean that you're angry, annoyed, to describe something that's really, really good, to talk about bad feeling, to express admiration, to talk about luck, to talk about indignation and anger, uh, to talk about doing things to the maximum. There are expressions to express knowing lots about a certain subject. It's used to talk about violence. It's used to talk about accidents. Tons and tons of colourful expressions using milk. So why are Spaniards in particular so linguistically obsessed with milk? Well, I've been asking uh, a few of my Spanish friends and I've been uh, looking around on the internet. And, well, it's quite hard. There isn't really anything that uh, gives a huge amount of detail or history behind these expressions. Some people say that the origin of some of the expressions that use uh, the term leche or milk uh, lies in the belief that we acquire our character and personality traits um, through our mother's milk as an infant. Well, that's one philosophy anyway. So I'm going to have a look at some of these expressions in a bit more detail because they're, they're quite amusing. Um, I'm not sure if uh, all of you guys speak Spanish or you're learning Spanish or you have no Spanish at all. Either way, uh, I will uh, translate and you should find these quite entertaining. So the first expression I'm going to look at is tener mala leche, to have bad milk. It means to be in a bad mood or to be bad-tempered. Um, this goes back to the days when people believed that uh, babies inherited their personality traits through their mother's breast milk. 
So yeah, tener mala leche, to have bad milk. It can also mean... Um, it can also mean uh, when people do things with bad intentions. They do it with... They have mala leche. So an action undertaken with bad milk uh, in Spanish means that, they, that the person did it with bad intentions right from the very beginning. However, we can also say estar de mala leche, which means uh, to be uh, of bad milk. And this literally means that someone is angry or in a bad mood. Uh, Hoy Pedro está de mala leche, su equipo de fútbol perdió ayer. Today, Pedro is of bad milk because his football team lost yesterday. Quite simply, mala leche, bad milk, uh, used on its own, can mean bad luck. Ay, que mala leche tiene. Uh, what bad luck he has. Another negative expression with milk is ay mala leche. There is bad milk. Uh, in this sense, it means that there is bad blood or ill feeling or bad feeling between people. Uh, an example might be hay mucha mala leche entre él y su hermano, uh, which means there's a lot of bad feeling between him and his brother. To be the milk, ser la leche. Now, this could be good or bad, uh, confusingly. So, if you buy a new phone and it's la leche, it means it's awesome or it's really good, it's very good. Uh, you can also uh, use it to talk about a person who you think is absolutely amazing and can do anything. Uh, tu eres la leche, eres la leche, you are the milk. And it can also be translated um, as well. You can say, se cree la leche, meaning he or she thinks she or he is all that. You think you are all that, that you are the milk. But on a negative way, and this is where Spanish gets confusing, um, it can also mean indignation. Eres la leche, siempre llegas tarde. Oh God, you are the milk. You always arrive late. You can also use uh, milk to describe uh, to what extent or with how much energy we do something. Um, a toda leche, to do something at full milk. This essentially means, you know, at maximum level. Ir a toda leche, uh, to go really fast. Uh, trabajar a toda leche, to work flat out. We can also use uh, the milk of, la leche de to intensify something. Hace una leche de calor. It is, it is making a milk of heat. Or it is a milk of heat today. Uh, so it's very hot. You could also say, if you're not feeling very well, uh, tengo un dolor de la leche. It means I have a really bad pain or really strong pain. On the other hand, in a positive way, you could say una suerte de la leche, which means a luck of the milk, which means extremely good fortune or you're very lucky. This next one is one of my favourites. Que leches? What milks? Uh, it's used as an expression of surprise and it could be, I suppose, translated as uh, what on earth or what the hell, uh, depending on the uh, context. For example, que leches haces aquí? Uh, what the hell are you doing here? Or what on earth are you doing here? And you can use it in that similar structure for many uh, excl exclamations of surprise, like uh, cuando leches, when on earth, or por qué leches, why the hell? Uh, that's quite common. I, I've heard that quite a lot, and it really makes me laugh when I hear it. 
You can also use the word milk on its own. Leches, milks. Again, it's an exclamation, um, which is a, a sort of softer. There are many more uh, ruder uh, ex exclamations in Spanish, but you can say leches to mean, well, I never, or goodness. You can also use it to say, and all that jazz, or something like that, um, or all that kind of thing. Uh, toda esa leche. I've got to go and buy bread and water and all of that milk. Tengo que comprar pan, agua y toda esa leche. And all of that jazz. Uh, this next one's pretty curious. So now we're talking about physical acts of violence. Uh, dar una leche. To give a milk. Um, it means to uh, slap or hit or smack or punch someone. Uh, te voy a dar una leche means I'm going to slap you. And you can also use that in a slightly different way to talk about inflicting or accidentally inflicting violence on yourself. Uh, to give yourself or to give oneself a milk. Darse una leche. And finally, probably the rudest one uh, of all of the milk-based expressions is cagarse en la leche. Uh, this is quite literally to shit in the milk. Um, I hear this a lot. Loads of people use it as an expression of annoyance. Me cago en la leche. Uh, I shit in the milk. And yes, it's used as an expression of anger or uh, frustration. Um, and it's quite curious because... Um, Spanish use cagarse, which means to shit, on lots of different things to express annoyance, not just uh, in milk, but on many other things as well. Anyway, there you go. I popped out to get some milk and it got me thinking about uh, some colourful Spanish expressions with uh, milk. In future episodes, I will be looking at some other colourful language that uh, is useful uh, to know in, uh, in Spain. And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I was going to look ahead to uh, what's coming up in future episodes to give you guys a flavour of what to expect. Um, I know the last couple of episodes have been pretty heavy because they've been these how-to guides about uh, finding somewhere to uh, rent in uh, different parts of Spain. That's why today I wanted to do something a bit more light-hearted. Uh, the podcast series will be a mixture of more serious pieces and more light-hearted, uh, what I would call colour pieces. So I'm excited to announce uh, in the next uh, few weeks, uh, we, I will be collaborating with a few other fellow uh, bloggers and podcasters uh, here in Spain. I'm really looking forward to collaborating with uh, Leah from Madrid No Frills. Madrid No Frills is an absolutely fantastic website all about the forgotten Madrid, the curious history, um, the dark past, uh, the places that are really off the beaten track, the backstreet bars and cafes and that kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Leah about um, the, the old Madrid, which is gradually and slowly disappearing, the old traditional bars and tascas, the old-fashioned everyday shops, those kinds of places. So I'm really looking forward to having a wander around uh, Madrid and speaking to uh, Leah from Madrid No Frills about that. Another collaboration coming up in the very near future uh, with Thinking Spanglish, uh, run by uh, Melissa, who's uh, an English teacher and an enthusiast of uh, language learning, particularly Spanish. 
And this is an, an episode I had been planning to do for a long time on my own. So I'm really glad that I'm able to do this now with with thinking Spanglish, because I was going to do an episode looking at should you learn Spanish if you're planning to come to live in Spain? Yes or no? Should you learn? Should you should you bother to learn Spanish or how much Spanish should you learn? And uh, how difficult is it? How challenging is it? How easy is it to survive with a fairly basic level of Spanish? Um, what you can do to learn Spanish, all the different types of resources and places and people you can meet to, to learn Spanish, and that kind of thing. So we'll be looking in a lot of detail uh, in a future episode at exactly that, uh, learning Spanish uh, in Spain and how important uh, is it. Uh, other colourful pieces which will be coming up, uh, a lot more about food and drink around Spain. I'll be looking at things like how to decipher a Spanish menu, what a menu del día is. I'll be looking at uh, different types of drinks, wine, uh, vermouth, which has become very, very popular. I'll probably do a little uh, tour around the famous vermouth bars. Uh, I'll be looking at how to order a beer properly, all the different terminology involved with something as simple as ordering a beer. I'll be talking to some of my Spanish friends uh, about stereotypes, cultural stereotypes. Are they true or not? How many of them do still hold true today? So we'll be looking at uh, Spanish stereotypes. I'll be comparing them with British stereotypes as well. Uh, you can expect some more uh, city and neighbourhood uh, profiles uh, around Spain and Madrid. I'll be looking at Spanish history. Uh, recently, they have removed some of the last uh, street names relating to the Franco uh, regime. So I'll be looking a bit about that. It's very interesting. I'm going to do a few episodes on media in Spain, the press, TV. And I'll be looking at the Spanish timetable for working, eating, shopping, socialising. Uh, for me, it's a very, very different uh, timetable uh, compared to back home in the UK. And then on a more uh, practical note, I'll be looking at some how-to guides uh, as well. Um, we've already looked at how to find somewhere to rent. Uh, in future episodes, I'll be looking at how to open a bank account in Spain, how the banking system works, how it can compares to other countries. Very importantly, I'll be dedicating an episode or two to how to get your residency, your uh, national national identity uh, number, your national insurance and social security, uh, how to register with a doctor, how to get medical insurance if you need it, things like that. I'll also be looking at how to uh, get around Spain, uh, travelling on Spanish public transport, how it works, uh, looking at the cheapest and most efficient uh, ways to uh, see as much of Spain as possible. Uh, I'll also be looking at jobs and work. Um, I've worked in uh, several offices and uh, a few different companies in Spain. So I'll be looking at the working culture, the office culture, what you can expect. As I said, I think in the first uh, episode of When in Spain, I made the transition from uh corporate communications into teaching and I now uh, mix the two together 
for this last year I've been teaching English here in Spain and uh, juggling that with freelancing. So I'll be interviewing uh, one of my colleagues uh, who's a very experienced teacher uh, who has been teaching in Spain this year and we'll be looking at what it's like to teach English in Spain, how to go about it, what qualifications you might need, uh, the various pitfalls involved, what to watch out for, how much you can expect to earn and uh, for people who are thinking about uh, giving up their uh, nine-to-five office job and moving to Spain to teach English, uh, the sort of things you can expect. And finally, um, well, you know, living in Spain, it's not all tapas and sunshine and uh, a bed of roses. I want when in Spain to be uh, realistic and warts and all. So it's not all going to be everything's great, everything's fantastic. Um, I will be looking at what I would call the darker side of Spain. Um, Spain is by no means perfect. I mean, I know no country is perfect, I guess. Um, but there are lots of problems in this country in many aspects of life. Um, so I'll be talking to my friends, Spanish friends here, about their experiences of racism, sexism, whether it's just day-to-day -day or whether we're talking about the world of work. I'll be looking at uh, the difficulties uh, surviving in Spain, finding work, how to get jobs, the corruption, the kind of uh, enchufe, which is uh, who you know, that kind of thing. So, of course, I'll be looking at the positives uh, about life in Spain. I, I don't want to paint a really gloomy picture, but I want to be realistic as well. And uh, I want to look at uh, some of the uh, incredibly frustrating, uh, annoying and frankly terrible problems that, uh, that Spain faces. Again, as I mentioned uh, in previous episodes, if anybody has anything that they're interested in specifically relating to Spain, um, please get in touch. I'm open to any suggestions if there's anything you'd like me to talk about, anything you'd like me to look into for future episodes. Uh, you can get in touch with me um, easily by the sister website, whenInSpain.org. Send me an email through there. Um, there is a When in Spain Facebook page. Uh, the handle is at When in Spain. You can tweet me uh, on Twitter. Uh, the handle there is uh, When in Spain. And you could also contact me through Instagram as well. There's loads of ways to get in touch with me. So yeah, I'm open to all suggestions. Uh, thanks again for all your support. I really hope you uh, continue to enjoy the series as it uh, develops. And don't forget, if you can, please, please, please uh, give uh, When in Spain a like or a five-star rating or a little review on any of the platforms where you uh, access it. That would be a huge help and give us a boost. So once again, thanks for listening. And until the next time, adios. Mm -hmm.